and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Welcome to the African History Network show uh, right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation of Future Radio. It is Thursday, December 23rd, 2021, and we are live. Um, this year is almost over with. We have to get used to saying uh, 2022. So I had a feeling that the uh, a verdict would come back today in the uh, murder trial, the uh, trial of uh, former officer Kim Potter in the killing of Dante Wright. And sure enough, we got the news that um, she was guilty. Uh, a jury found her guilty on first degree and second degree manslaughter charges. So we're going to uh, break that down and uh, deal with what happened today in court. We'll share uh, some of the press conference that took place afterwards. Minnesota State's Attorney General Keith Ellison and uh, the family of Dante Wright held a press conference to talk about the trial, talk about the conviction. OK, so we'll deal with that as well. All right. Now. Uh, also, there's a uh, story dealing with the wreckage of the last known slave ship, the wreckage of the last known slave ship, which is the uh, Clotilda, the, the Clotilda slave ship from 1860. I saw a couple of stories uh, from December 22nd on this, one from National Public Radio, one from National Geographic, uh, one from NBC, one from uh, CBS News. The one I'm looking at here is from CBS News. Um, wreck of last U.S. slave ship remains mostly intact on Alabama coast, researchers say. Researchers studying the wreckage, uh, researchers studying the wreckage of the last U.S. slave ship buried in mud on the Alabama coast since it was scuttled in 1860 have made the surprising discovery that most of the wooden schooner remains intact. Most of the wooden schooner remains intact, including the pen that was used to imprison African captives during the brutal journey uh, across the Atlantic Ocean. So we're, we're going to talk some about this. This deals with the, uh, the Clotilda slave ship. And I, I've done some research on the Clotilda uh, as the last known slave ship. Um, in 1860, uh, uh, and it comes into Alabama. And this was at a time when the international transatlantic slave trade uh, was illegal, okay? Because as we talked about here on this show before, the international transatlantic slave trade was outlawed. Um, it, well, Congress passed the bill March 2nd, 1807, and it went into effect uh, January 1st, 1808. January 1st, 1808. So the international transatlantic slave trade deals with bringing African Africans into the country to enslave them. And that was illegal. And also going into Africa, capturing these Africans was illegal as well, based upon international treaties that different European nations entered into. Okay. So uh, we'll talk about this uh, on today's show as well. And, and as I said before, this helps to lay the foundation for a legal argument for slavery. I mean, uh, uh, helps lay the foundation for a legal argument for reparations because of slavery, due to slavery, okay? Saying 
uh, our ancestors worked for 246 years and didn't get paid is not a legal argument because uh, what law are you citing that they were supposed to be paid? Yes, we know it was morally wrong, but when you go to lawmakers, you don't go to argue morality, you go to argue law. The U.S. The, the, the reason why the international transatlantic slave trade was outlawed January 1st, 1808, is because of Article 1, Section 9, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution, which stated that the earliest that the international transatlantic slave trade could be outlawed would be January 1st, 1808. That's in the U.S. Constitution. This helps to lay the argument, the foundation for a legal argument for reparations, because all the Africans that were brought into this, into this country from January 1st, 1808, up until July of 1860, when the Clotilda comes into, um, when the Clotilda comes into uh, Alabama, all that was illegal based upon federal law. In the court cases of white men who were caught trafficking Africans into the country and, and, and they're arrested and prosecuted. But once again, we're not studying history and not studying law. So we'll deal with this. National Geographic has a big article on this. Um, um, National Geographic has a big article on this. Somebody says, stop the big words. I'm not using big words. I mean, it may be big to you, but I'm not using big words. <laughs> America's last slave ship is more intact than anyone thought. Archaeologists studying the Clotilda, which was identified in 2019, say the shipwreck may contain a wealth of well-preserved artifacts from barrels of food to human DNA. Okay, so uh, now this is one from uh, National Geographic has an extensive article on this. This is the one from National Geographic. I have to sign into my uh, account to National Geographic. I have a subscription, but I'm in Google Chrome. I'm signed in in the Firefox, but I need to sign in to Google Chrome. All right. Somebody needs to get a dictionary. So we'll talk about that. Then there's this other story. Um, the, on yesterday's show, we talked about Netflix. Um, Netflix uh, depositing $100 million into six African-American-owned banks. There's a story that I saw dealing with uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs, Sean Diddy Combs, Puffy, Puff Daddy, Diddy. He has bought back Sean John, okay? Now, I remember the Sean John brand back in 1998. He's bought back Sean John for um, $7.5 million. He's, he's bought back Sean John for $7.5 million, which is, which is a good thing. Um, the brand is back in the hands of the original visionary, Sean P. Diddy Combs. All right. I, I, I still call him. I remember when he was puffy. Okay. <laughs> I remember when he was puffy working for Andre Harrell. So, um, but it's back in the hands of the visionary. Sean Combs has been able to buy back the fashion brand. He started in 1998. There's a good article from uh, blackenterprise.com dealing with this, okay? And, you know, this, this deals with ownership and economic empowerment, things like that. So we'll talk about this. This is a good story from uh, from uh, Black Enterprise. All right now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. 
because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the covers of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Yeah. Uptown records. Andre Harrell. Um, and then he was uh, uh, and then uh, Clive Davis headed up Arista Records uh, as well. I remember there's a cover of I think it was either Fortune magazine or Forbes magazine. And um, it had uh, a Diddy on the cover. And I remember uh, Clive Davis uh, said, Diddy works for me. OK, because <laughs> a lot of people knew Diddy. But not as many people knew Clive Davis. It's like Clive Davis said, Diddy works for me. Okay. Um, research the white paper that Clive Davis had created um from um it was the Harvard Business School students. And there was a white paper that Clive Davis had created to advise them. And I can't remember which record company was at the time advised them how to take over the black independent music uh, scene. This was a, this was a paper that uh, uh, they consulted with Harvard business school students about. I found out about this from Bob law. There was an article from um, Atlanta blackstar.com. And it was dealing with Bob Law, and Bob Law mentioned it. I think it was an article from um, uh, AtlantaBlackStar.com. Uh, and Bob Law mentioned this book. He mentioned this book in the article. So I went and I ordered this book, and it talks about um, this white paper that they had created. Let me see if I can pull this up here. A lot of people don't understand how deep this really is. Listen right here, this article from Hip Hop and Politics. I think AtlantaBlackStar.com picked up this article, but it was one from Hip Hop and Politics, okay? And uh, I know Bob Law, I've interviewed him before. I've interviewed him a couple, actually three times, I think. Uh, once in person when I was in New York, Bob Law, History of Black Radio and the Removal of Black Militant Thought. Bob Law, History of Black Radio and the Removal of Black Militant Thought. And it talks about this right here. Bob Law pinpoints much of this removal with the release of the 1972 Harvard Report, officially known as Study of the Soul Music Environment. This was a white paper commissioned by Columbia. It was Columbia Records. I didn't want to say the wrong name. It was Columbia Records and done by a group of Harvard business students on how to take over the black independent music scene. Clive Davis was head of Columbia Records at the time. Bob Law details how that report coincided with other attempts in film and TV to eradicate, marginalize and ridicule strident politicized black voice in the music and entertainment industry. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Mm -hmm.
Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African American flag, and a basket. Visit the KwanzaaShop.com, the KwanzaaShop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. We are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's time for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 on the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. If you missed our show from December 21st, uh, which was the winter solstice, go back and check that out as well. Uh, on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. All right, uh, I want to go to, okay, we're going to go to clip number one here, Shakita. Just a second. And, all right, hold on, the screen froze up again. Stand by, everybody watching on Facebook and YouTube. Okay, so um, today we got the news that uh, former officer Kim Potter was found uh, guilty on two counts of manslaughter, first degree and second degree manslaughter in the uh, killing of Dante Wright. Okay. All right, we're back on uh, Facebook and YouTube. So uh, 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 some of the legal analysts uh, thought that Officer Kim Potter would be found guilty on uh, second-degree manslaughter, but not first-degree manslaughter. And we'll break down the difference between the two as well. When I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, uh, last Friday, uh, I, I, I said, uh, and I said here on this show, um, because after closing statements, closing arguments, I thought she had a 50-50 chance of being convicted. Pretty 50-50 chance. What we found out today is that Tuesday morning, the jury had come to the conclusion that she was guilty of second-degree manslaughter, but they were still debating about first-degree manslaughter. Okay, So uh, we're going to go to clip number one, Shakita. This is from the courtroom today. 
you're going to hear uh, Judge uh, Regina Chu, who did an excellent job of presiding over this case. You're going to hear Judge Regina Chu um, read the verdict. Let's go to clip number one. Please rise. I'm now going to read your verdicts as it will as it will appear in the permanent court records of Hennepin County. In the matter of State of Minnesota versus Kimberly Potter, court file number 27CR217490, we, the jury on the charge of manslaughter in the first degree while committing a misdemeanor on or about April 11, 2021, in Hennepin County, State of Minnesota, find the defendant guilty. And the verdict was agreed to at the hour of 11.40 a.m. and signed by the jury person on 12-23-21. Uh, the verdict on count two is we, the jury, on the charge of manslaughter in the second degree, culpable negligence on or about April 11, 2021, in Hennepin County, State of Minnesota, find the defendant guilty. And that verdict was agreed to at 10.30 a.m. on 12-21. ...crowd when the uh, verdict was read. She was pretty stoic. So it caused a lot of people to ask, well, where were all those tears that you shed when you were testifying, trying not to go to prison? All right. Now, I want to go to uh, this piece here from New York Times. Uh, Kim Potter found guilty of manslaughter for Dante Wright's death. Uh, New York Times has some good updates uh, on this case. So the prosecution and defense had agreed that the police shooting was a mistake and that Ms. Potter had meant to draw her taser when she fatally shot uh, Dante Wright uh, during a traffic stop. OK, and uh, this is a picture after the jury, uh, after the verdict was read, one of her defense attorneys has his head down. So the former police officer who said she mistook her gun for her taser when she fatally shot uh, Dante Wright during a traffic stop in, Minne in a Minneapolis suburb was convicted on two counts of manslaughter on Thursday, a rare, a rare guilty verdict for a police officer that is likely to send her to prison for years. So on first degree manslaughter, she can get between seven to 15 years in prison. Uh, and she was found guilty on first degree and second degree manslaughter. Now, uh, the jury deliberated across four days. So it was about 27 hours of deliberation. And I was when we found out that the jury asked, what do we do if we can't come to a decision? What do we do if we can't come to a verdict? Um, I was. I, I wasn't necessarily scared. I was, I, I felt that they would probably find her guilty on at least one of the counts because the evidence was, the evidence was overwhelming, especially when you go through and you look at the closing arguments from the prosecution and the fact that uh, she did not render any aid 
uh, to Dante Wright. Uh, she was more concerned about going to prison. Uh, when the uh, other officers arrived on the scene, uh, she didn't uh, immediately tell them what happened and that the car went down the street and crashed into another car or anything like that. Okay, she was focused on herself. So uh, the jury deliberated across four days before agreeing on guilty verdicts for uh, Kimberly Potter, a 49-year-old white woman who testified that she had never fired her gun uh, in her 26 years on the police force, never fired, ne never had to shoot anybody, you know, uh, never had to fire her gun in, in the line of duty. Uh, in her 26 years on the police force in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, until she shot a single bullet into the chest of Dante Demetrius Wright, a 20-year-old African-American man who had been uh, driving to a car wash in April uh, 2021. Now, as the uh, verdict was read, uh, Kimberly Potter remained seen briefly downward and then toward the jurors, but never crying as she had when she testified. Even the New York Times is saying, wait a second, you were crying, you're breaking down crying. You know, like, I mean, she was breaking, I don't want to say hysterical, but yeah, you know, when you were testifying, but here she didn't shed a tear, at least that we saw. Now, maybe when they had the handcuffs and took her, took her uh, out of camera shot, maybe she started crying then. Now, Judge Regina Chu, who I, who I said before, did a really good job um, in presiding over this case. Judge Regina Chu ordered that Ms. Potter be immediately sent to prison and deputies led her out of the courtroom in handcuffs as one of her relatives shouted, shouted, love you, Kim. Now, her defense attorneys requested that uh, she be allowed to uh, go home for Christmas and things like this. Now, she's found guilty of first and second degree manslaughter. Judge Regina Chu said, I can't. You said I have to treat her just like anybody else. I can't make exceptions for her. So she was found guilty. She has to go immediately uh, to, to, you know, jail. She's awaiting sentencing. Uh, sentencing is going to take place in February 2022. All right, we'll continue this on the other side of the break, and we'll let you hear a little bit of what happened at the uh, press conference today after uh, the verdict was read. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Come and travel with me to a time long ago and place far away. You will experience high adventure and excitement. You are fighting alongside an ancient army in fierce battle. Feel the exhilaration of struggle and final conquest. My name is Maninkare and I am both a prince and a priest in one of the most advanced civilizations humans have ever produced. I want you to ride with me in my chariot as I slay the barbarians who have come to invade my land. I invite you to sit at the conference table with the great Pharaoh Taharqa and his ministers as they plan intrigue and use subterfuge to outmaneuver and defeat the enemy. Come back with me to the land of your ancestors, to the beautiful land of Kemet. So open the pages of this book and begin the adventure. Find out what happens in the book Maninkare Battles the Assyrians in the Nile Valley from author Makari Jones. Get your copy today at Amazon.com.
African Spirit Cars specialize in the design and printing of high-quality African-centered note cards and stationery. African Spirit Cards breathes and rejoices in the African and African-American experiences. They honor our African heritage and all that they do for you by proudly displaying the great motifs and ornamentations of the African world diaspora. They use African images, African proverbs, and many African languages to fully immerse their clients in the wisdom and history of and the connection to Africa. They understand the importance of having images around us that reflect who we are. These images also illustrate where we came from and what we desire to be. They are here to serve you. Follow them on Instagram at African Spirit Cards, that's African with a K. They have a wide selection. Check out their holiday selection at Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash African Spirit Cards. That's Etsy, E-T-S-Y. You can give them a call at 313-995-3579, 313-995-3579. You can email them at Janelle Designs at AfricanSpiritCards.com. That's J-A-N-A-L designs at africanspiritcards.com and place your order today. Nine ten, the superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910A on the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. And we are live. All right. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Uh, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. We're at six days a week. So let's keep doing the research and stay on the air. Keep broadcasting. Um, and then we also have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, this is our um, official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN show, uh, S-H-O-W through Cash App. When you go to it, it'll say Michael and show my picture there. Now, the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History is having Kwanzaa uh, all seven days. You know, Kwanzaa starts December 26th. It's December 26th through January the 1st. So I will be there um, on uh, Wednesday, December 29th. Uh, I'll be a vendor in the African marketplace. Uh, I'll be there Wednesday, December 29th. Um, I'll be there Friday, December 31st and, and Saturday, January 1st. All right. Um, okay, hold on. What's going on here? Okay, so uh, visit the right.org for more information. W R I G H T the right dot or so uh visit the right dot org uh for more information and you can register for uh to attend uh one of uh 
one of the days of Kwanzaa at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Uh, they're taking place basically, uh, the Kwanzaa celebration is basically starting at 7 p.m. each day. But visit the right.org, W R I G H T, uh, for more information. All right. Uh, I want to go back to uh, the story we were dealing with uh, before the break. And this is uh, dealing with officer, uh, former officer Kim Potter being found guilty today on two counts of uh, manslaughter. Now, let me bring this back up here. Okay, uh, she's found guilty on two counts of manslaughter. If we go back to the article from uh, the New York Times. So, uh, so Dante Wright had been trying to flee uh, from uh, Officer Potter and two other officers who were attempting uh, to arrest him on a warrant. At trial, prosecutors conceded that the shooting was an accident, but they argued that uh, Kimberly Potter had been so reckless that she should be imprisoned. They argued that she had been so reckless that she should be imprisoned. Now, uh, Judge Chu, uh, Judge Regina Chu will sentence uh, Kimberly Potter, who resigned two days after the shooting at a hearing scheduled for February 2022. The standard sentence for the more serious charge for first degree manslaughter is a little more than seven years in prison and the maximum penalty is 15 years. Now, uh, Dante Wright's parents uh, let out cries in the courtroom as the uh, guilty verdict read and joined several dozen of uh, Dante Wright's supporters who celebrated outside of the courthouse in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, his mother, Katie Bryant, said today Minnesota has shown that police are not going to continue to uh, pull their gun instead of their taser. And we made this happen. You made this happen. Dante Wright made this happen. Okay, uh, I want to go to, uh, we're going to go to clip number two here, uh, Shakita. This is from the uh, press conference that took place uh, after the uh, after the verdict was read. Let's go to, uh, and this is uh, Minnesota State's Attorney General Keith Ellison you're going to hear. Let's go to clip number two. All right, um, we'll get that uh, queued up in just a second. Now, also, some people ask, um, what's the difference between um, first-degree manslaughter and second-degree manslaughter? So in the updates from uh, the New York Times, they have a, a good uh, article here dealing with the sentences for Kimberly Potter, uh, the sentences she may face. And it breaks down uh, also first-degree manslaughter. So one of the ways Minnesota law defines first-degree manslaughter is causing someone's death while committing or attempting to commit a lesser crime. Let me know when we have clip two queued up, please. A misdemeanor or gross misdemeanor. Hello, everybody. Okay. 
Go ahead. Mr. Keith Ellison, I'm the Attorney General for the State of Minnesota. At this moment, I ask us all to reflect upon the life of Dante Wright and who he could have been had he had a chance to grow up. At 20, Dante could have done anything. Maybe he could have gone into building trades. Maybe he could have started a business. What we know is that he was a young, new dad, and he was so proud of his son, Dante Jr. We know that he loved his mom, and he loved his dad, and he loved his siblings, and his big, beautiful family, and his whole life in front of him. And he could have become anyone. All of us miss out on who Dante could have been. No one has missed him more than his parents, Katie and Aubrey, and their children. I'm very mindful today that there will be an empty chair at the right family dinner during the holidays, and that saddens me. And once again, I extend my deepest condolences to you. With the jury finding Kimberly Potter guilty uh, today of manslaughter in the first degree and manslaughter in the second degree in connection with Dante's death, we have a degree of accountability for Dante's death. Accountability is not justice. Justice, justice is restoration. Justice would be restoring Dante to life and making the right family whole again. Justice is beyond the reach that we have in this life for Dante. But accountability is an important step, a critical, necessary step on the road to justice for us all. I want to thank the jury for their careful attention and deliberation and for their service to the people of Minnesota. I want to thank all of the witnesses who testified and who came forward with what they knew about this case. I especially want to thank my remarkable team. When I took this case, I said it would be difficult to prosecute because history has shown that trying cases like this one is difficult. This team did not shy away from the challenge, and the people of Hennepin County and the, and the American people and the people of Minnesota, what they saw in the courtroom was the fruit of many, many hours of labor and hard work and planning. For my office, I want to thank specifically Mr. Matthew Frank. Matthew. I want to thank Aaron Eldridge. I want to thank Eric Miller and David Voigt and Dion Dodd. But this team wouldn't be much of anything if it were not for the amazing work of Joshua Larson, Raul Shaw, and Vernona Boswell. Thank you, Vernona. I also must thank colleagues who did not work on the legal matter, but worked on the community and that is John Stiles, Keon Dosti, and everyone. So thank you to you all for your hard work. I also want to thank the many staff at the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension who worked on this case, the staff of the Hennepin County Attorney's Office and Washington County Attorney's Office. Specifically, I want to thank Mr. Drew Evans and those who testified in this case, like Agent Phil, who did a fine job and who put in many long hours. We appreciate their service. The next statement step in this case is sentencing. And all I will say about that today is that we have to look forward to the court setting 
a calendar date for that hearing. And at that time, we will make our appropriate arguments within the context of the court hearing. I think we have a date, do we not? What is that one? Anybody remember the date? March 8th. My thoughts are also uh, with Ms. Potter today. She has gone from being an esteemed member of the community and honored member of a noble profession to being convicted of a serious crime. I don't wish that on anyone. But it would be our, but it was our responsibility as the prosecution, as ministers of justice, to pursue justice wherever it led and the jury found the facts. My thoughts are also with those who work in law enforcement and public safety. We hold you in high regard, and we also hold you to high standards. We don't want you to be discouraged. Your community respects and appreciates you. We want you to uphold the highest ideals of our society and ideals of safety. And when a member of your profession is held accountable, it does not diminish you. In fact, it shows. It shows the whole world that those of you who enforce the law are also willing to live by it. All right, we're coming up on the break. When we come back uh, from the break, we're gonna continue that. That's courtesy of uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. And uh, you, you'll hear uh, a little bit from Katie Bryant, Dante Wright's uh, mother. We'll deal with the uh, wreckage of the last known slave ship, the Clotilda, uh, which was found, I think it was 2019. It was found in some new uh, information that's come out uh, on the Clotilda. And then we'll deal with uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs, or Diddy, uh, buying back Sean John. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Kwanzaa is coming, and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Kwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. The Kwanzashop.com. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Thursday, 
December 23rd, 2021. And we are live. All right. Uh, I want to go back quickly here to the uh, press conference. This took place um, after Kim Potter was found guilty today. And you're, you're listening to um, Minnesota State's Attorney General Keith Ellison. Let's go back to this clip, please. And that's a good thing. It restores trust. Well, in the words of Daniel Sered, Daniel Sered is a noted author who writes on justice issues. Justice exists when all parties exercise their power in a way that is consistent with the humanity of everyone involved and in the interest of the greater good. The humanity of everyone involved includes the humanity of community members and includes the humanity of police officers. And when that standard of justice is not upheld, it must be the job of the prosecutor to step up and then step in and attempt to uphold it and uphold the principle that no one is above the law and no one is beneath the law. Finally, my thoughts are with community of Brooklyn Center residents, elected officials, and police officers, and all communities that hunger for a better relations between police and community, and for everyone to get home safe at the end of the day. I hope this, today's verdict provides a measure of healing for all of them. I thank you, and we can take a question or two. Joker, this is Greg on the 27th hour. What was going through your mind? That the jury was taking this seriously, that they were going through every bit of evidence, that they were not um, leaving anything to the side and that they understood that this matter was of tremendous importance to the Wright family, but also to the Potter family, to the entire community. So I thank them for their service. Um, let's get storms. They, they want questions for the, for the Wright family. Is that okay or? Okay, sure. Oh my gosh. Um, the moment that we heard guilty on the um, manslaughter one, emotions, every single emotion that you could imagine just running through your body at that moment, uh, kind of let out a yelp because it was built up in the anticipation of what would come while we were waiting for the last few days. And um, now we've been able to process it. Um, we want to thank the entire prosecution team. We want to thank community support, um, everybody who's been out there that has supported us in this, this long fight for accountability. What do you think of this time when you last week? I'd rather not answer that question. All right. Okay, pause right there. Pause right there. All right, thanks. That last pause right there. Okay. That that last question I could that last question I couldn't make out what the reporter was uh, asking, but um you can watch that at uh, Roland Martin on Facebook and YouTube, because uh, Roland broadcasted the um the press conference live. Also uh MSNBC uh, has it as well, so you can check that out. Uh read this so read the article from uh, New York Times on this. Now, uh, very quickly, if we go back to first-degree manslaughter and second-degree manslaughter, uh, the difference between the two, and then we're going to get to this uh, story about the Clotilde slave ship, the last uh, 
uh, last last slave ship that came into the U.S. in 1860. Uh, first degree manslaughter. Okay, one of the ways uh, Minnesota law defines first degree manslaughter is causing someone's death while committing or attempting to commit a lesser crime, a misdemeanor or gross misdemeanor, in a way that uh, in a way that a reasonable person could foresee would cause death or great bodily harm. Specifically, prosecutors accused Kimberly Potter of causing Dante Wright's death through the reckless handling or use of a firearm. Now, first degree manslaughter is a felony punishable by up to 15 years imprisonment and a fine of up to $30,000. The standard prison sentence for someone without a prior criminal record like uh, Kimberly Potter would be a little more than seven years on first degree manslaughter. Now count two was second degree manslaughter. She was, she was convicted on both counts, first degree and second degree manslaughter for second degree manslaughter. One of the ways Minnesota law defines second degree manslaughter is causing someone's death through culpable negligence by creating an unreasonable risk and consciously taking chances of causing death or great bodily harm. Now, prosecutors uh, persuaded the jury that uh, Kimberly Potter had had done so in the use of second degree manslaughter is a felony punishable uh, by up to to 10 years imprisonment and a fine of up to $20,000. Now, the standard sentence for a person without any previous convictions would be about four years on the lesser charge of second degree manslaughter. But because Kimberly Potter was also convicted of a more serious charge, first degree manslaughter in connection with the same death, this count is unlikely to affect the the total length of her sentence. Sentencing is gonna take place in uh, February. So we'll keep you updated on what happens there. Okay, so read this. from New York Times, uh, Kim Potter found guilty of manslaughter for Dante Wright's death. Also, NBC News has a good uh, article on this as well. Now, very quickly, let's go to this piece here from uh, CBS News. This deals with the uh, wreckage of the last known slave ship, which is called the Clotilda. And and Cudjo Lewis was on the Clotilda. Uh, a few years ago, information came out about Cudjo Lewis, and uh, there was an interview that Zora Neale Hurston did with Cudjo Lewis that was just released in the last few years. Uh, also, the author, um, uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Now, uh, wreck of last U.S. slave ship remains mostly intact. Alabama coast uh, on on Alabama coast. Researchers say this is from December twenty second, twenty twenty one. Now, research researchers studying the wreckage of the last U.S. slave ship called the Clotilda, buried in mud on the Alabama coast since it was scuttled in eighteen sixty, and that's the year before the Civil War starts. Um, have made the surprising discovery that most of the wooden schooner remains intact, including the pin, uh, that the, the area, the holding area, the pin that was used to imprison African captives during the brutal journey across the Atlantic Ocean. Now, while the upper portion of the two masted clotilda, um, is gone, the section below the deck 
where the Africans, where, where the captured Africans and stockpiles were held is still largely in one piece after being buried for decades in a section of, uh, in, in a section of river that hasn't been dredged, said maritime archaeologist James Delgado of the Florida based Search Inc. Now, at least two thirds of the ship remains and the uh, existence of the unit uh, uh, and the existence of the unlit and unventilated slave pen built during the voyage by the addition of a bulkhead where people were held as cargo below the main deck for weeks raises questions about whether food and water containers, chains and even human DNA could remain in the hull, James Delgado said. Now, um, what's interesting, so at the time this ship comes in, uh, bringing Africans to the country is illegal. That was outlawed January 1st, 1808. Uh, James Delgado said in an interview, it's a stunning revelation. Now, they burned the ship to hide it, okay? They burned the ship to hide it because they had uh, U.S. ships on the on the seas looking for uh slave ships and if you got caught you, you'd be captured and prosecuted the discovery enhances the research value of the clotilda's remain remains and sets them apart from all other wrecks the the finding was confirmed in a report that was provided to the associated press and led to the uh led to the site becoming part of the national register of historic places in november now the let's see here. Um, I'm gonna go to this part. The Clotilda was the last known ship to transport African captives to the American South for enslavement. Nearly 90 feet in length, it departed Mobile, Alabama, for an illegal trip to purchase people decades after Congress outlawed such trade in 1808. You and that's that goes back to Article 1, Section 9, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution. The international transatlantic slave trade had been outlawed. The U.S. entered into international treaties, just like Great Britain and Spain and things like this. Okay. All right. Uh, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching for a couple more minutes. We'll be here for a few more minutes. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and uh, I'll post there when I'll be at the Charles H. Wright Museum for uh, the Kwanzaa celebration. Register for my online courses. Right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right. Okay, let's continue here. All right. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy Kwanzaa. Harry's our Kwanzaa, which means happy Kwanzaa. Um, okay, let's continue here. An African American business owner, supposed to name your business here on the thread of the broadcast. And um, we'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Our current promotion is buy one month, get two months free. Email us at AHN Show at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AHN show at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, and we'll post the information here in just a minute. Okay, let me go back to this. All right, so the ship had been sent, the, the Clotilda had been sent across the ocean on a voyage financed by a wealthy businessman a white businessman whose descendants remain prominent in Mobile, Alabama. It was actually a bet that he placed. He placed a bet that he could send a ship 
to West Africa, capture Africans and navigate uh, around the authorities coming to the U.S. and actually bring them in. It was a bet. That's why those Africans were captured and brought to the U.S. because the white man made a bet that he could do it because it was illegal at this time. This is why we have to understand history. It was illegal to bring Africans to, into the country. It was still legal to own slaves within the U.S. and you could still trade slaves, auction them off, things like this in the uh, states where slavery was still legal. Some states had already abolished slavery, okay? Uh, Illinois abolished slavery in 1818. Pennsylvania abolished it around 1780. Pennsylvania Gradual, Gradual Abolition Act. The first state to abolish slavery was Vermont in 1777, 10 years before the Philadelphia Convention. Um, by the time the Philadelphia Convention takes place in 1787, five states had are, are already abolished slavery. They either abolished the international transatlantic slave trade, abolished it altogether. Massachusetts had abolished slavery. So this is why we really have to understand this history. So the Clotilda's captain transferred his human cargo off the ship once it arrived in Alabama and set fire and set fire to the vessel to hide evidence of the journey because it was illegal for that ship to come in. But most of the ship did not catch fire and remained in the river. Shown on navigational charts since the 1950s, the wreckage was publicly identified as the as that of the Clotilda in 2019. Okay, 2019. And has been explored and researched since then, James Delgado uh, said. Now, the state Obama has set aside $1 million for the preservation and research and additional work planned at the site in early 2022 could show what's inside the hull. Uh, but far more work is needed to determine whether the ship could ever be pulled out of the mud and put on display as uh, some have suggested, okay? Whether it can be pulled out of the mud and put on display. James Delgado said, generally, raising is a very expensive proposition, raising it up out of the mud or what have you. Uh, my sense is that while it was survived, it is more fragile than people think. A recovery could be a very delicate operation and also a very expensive and lengthy process. Now, freed after the South lost the Civil War, Civil War, basically, uh, Civil War basically ends April 9th, 1865. Um, General Robert E. Lee surrenders to General Ulysses S. Grant. Um, freed after the South lost the, the Civil War, some of the enslaved Africans who were transported to America on the Clotilde slave ship settled in a community that they uh, they started called Africa Town, Africa, Africa Town, a few miles north of downtown Mobile, Alabama. And it's, and it's still there, Africa Town, Africa Town, USA. A documentary about the now impoverished community by Alabama filmmaker Margaret Brown titled Descendant will premiere at the Sundance Festival in January 2022 and descendants of the Clotilda, Clotilda captives, are planning an annual gathering in February 2022. Work is the way on a new museum 
that's uh, that's meant to be a catalyst for tourism and new development in the area. Okay, so check out this piece here from uh, CBS News, cbsnews.com, picked up by the Associated Press. This is from December 22nd, 2021. Wreck of the last U.S. slave ship uh, remains mostly intact on Alabama coast, researchers say. National Geographic also has a good article uh, on this topic as well. The piece from National Geographic is, let me go to that one here from National Geographic. Okay, America's last slave ship. Uh, this one here. America's last slave ship is more intact than anyone thought. This is from National Geographic, uh, December 21st, 2021. Okay, I guess it has me logged in now in the Google Chrome into my National Geographic account because I'm paying them each month. So, um, archaeologists studying the Clotilda, which was identified in 2019, say the shipwreck may contain a wealth of well-preserved artifacts from barrels of food to human DNA. So check this one out. The, um, National, Geogra National Geographic has a more extensive article in uh, CBS News the, that they picked up from the Associated Press. But it, it, the one from CBS News is still a good piece. All right. Uh, lastly, I have a lot of work to do and I got to edit this video and uh, have a couple commercials to produce. Um, African-American business owners, post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast. We'll go to the story on uh, on Diddy in just a second. Uh, email us at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. Post the name of your business here as well, and uh, we'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Our current promotion is uh, buy one month, get two months free. And uh, let's see here. Promotions buy one month, get two months free, and your commercial will air when we rebroadcast these shows on our social media platforms, and then also in the audio podcast versions of these shows as well. We're on ten different audio podcast platforms: iHeartRadio, Castbox, FM Player, Stitcher, TuneIn, where, wherever you get your. Um, mainly get your podcast from all right and then if you don't have a commercial we can create one for you as well and no additional charge all right i want to go to this last story here dealing with diddy i saw this uh from black enterprise I saw a couple of outlets uh, yourblackworld.net we posted an article from yourblackworld.net also one from um also one from uh, black enterprise as well okay and this is a, a a good story. You know, yesterday we dealt with uh, Netflix uh, deposit a hundred million dollars into six black owned banks. And this is money they can use to loan for um, starting businesses, expanding businesses, buying homes, et cetera, to help close the racial wealth gap. And this other story here uh, from Black Enterprise Uh, Sean Combs buys back his signature Sean John brand for $7.5 million, $7.5 million. And this is a this is a, a good story, once again, about economic empowerment and ownership. 
owning these businesses, uh, prop being able to uh, control our culture, profit off of our culture, et cetera, hip hop culture, things like this. You know, one of the things if, if you uh, late at night, you know, like on uh, TV one or um, some of these other stations, they show these um, soul music collections and it's the, uh, Isley Brothers and Teddy Pendergrass and uh, the Shy Lights and, and things like this, right? And it's like time life. It's time life. It's like a lot of this music we don't own. These are all black artists, but a lot of this music we don't own. These white people still making music, still making money off of, off of these um, uh, songs made by African-Americans, made famous by us. And a lot of this stuff we don't even own, Okay. A lot of them have, have died. Um, uh, a lot of these artists have died and, and white people still making money off of us. So we, we have to own and control this. Okay. We have to own and control this. Now, this, uh, where's that article? Okay. I got to pull this up another way because let's pull up this one here from uh, Black Enterprise. Okay. Sean Combs back his signature uh, Sean John brand. This is from uh, Black Enterprise. So he bought it for $7.5 million. He bought it for $7.5 million. And he started it in 1998. So the brand is back in the hands of uh, the original visionary, Sean Combs. Now, this piece is from uh, December 22nd from uh, Black Enterprise. And let's see if we can uh, zoom in on it some here. Let me turn on the screen share. Okay, Sean Combs buys back his signature Sean John brand uh, for uh, $7.5 million. So the brand is back in, in the hands of the original visionary, Sean Combs. It has been, and Sean Combs has been able to buy back the fashion brand he started in 1998. He said, I launched Sean John in 1998 with the goal of building a premium brand that shattered uh, tradition and and introduced hip hop to high fashion on a global scale. Uh, he said this in a written statement to Black Enterprise. He said, quote, seeing, seeing how streetwear has evolved to re rewrite the rules of fashion and impact culture across categories, I'm ready to reclaim the ownership of the brand, build a team of visionary designers and global partners to write the next chapter for Sean John's legacy, end quote. Now, according to Women's Wear Daily, the bad uh, Sean John was, a, uh, uh, Sean uh, Diddy Combs able to buy back his company with a winning bid a seven point five uh seven million five hundred fifty one thousand dollars now earlier this month december 
Sean Combs, the former owner and creator of the Sean John brand, placed a bid of $3.3 million to buy back uh, the assets of Sean John, the fashion and lifestyle brand that, that uh, uh, Sean Diddy Combs started in 1998. GBG USA Inc. GBG USA Inc., a now bankrupt brand uh, a, a now bankrupt brand management firm owns 90% of the Sean John brand through a, a joint venture with Sean Diddy Combs okay Bloomberg reports now although a representative for um, uh, Diddy decided not to comment it was reported uh, that an entity affiliated with Sean Combs was named the so-called stalking horse bidder for Sean John, court papers show. Now, potential buyers were able to submit offers up until December 15, 2021. It was reported that four, of, four other parties had also placed their own bids and an auction was held on uh, Monday, December 20th, uh, which, with, uh, with Diddy succeeding in obtaining the brand he started. Now there were originally 45 potential buyers who were notified that the brand was up for auction. Now, according to court papers, United Ventures LLC placed this bid with a cash purchase of $7.5 million and is now labeled the backup bidder to Sean Combs. Okay, United Ventures LLC. He a bid $7,551,000, they bid $7.5 million. Uh, there is final approval of Sean Combs' $7.551 million bid that is scheduled uh, for, to, uh, at the time this article is written, December 22nd. Now, earlier uh, this year, Black Enterprise reported that Sean Combs sued Sean John for $25 million. The entertainment mogul uh, launched the fashion brand in 1998 and then sold it to Global Brands uh, Group in 2016. However, in a lawsuit filed against the uh, Global Brands Group, Sean Combs states that he never endorsed, he states that he never endorsed the line nor given Global Brands Group, Sean John, or misguided authorization to associate his name with the current collection, okay? In a lawsuit filed against Global Brands Group, uh, Sean Diddy Combs states that he never endorsed the line nor uh, gave Global Brands Group, Sean John, or misguided authorization to associate his name with the current collection. Now, based on quotes used by the companies, it appeared that he was connected to the new Sean John uh, and misguided brand, okay? The lawsuit has been dropped. So check out this piece here from uh, Black Enterprise. Sean, John's, uh, Sean Combs buys back his signature Sean John brand for $7.5 million. This is from uh, blackenterprise.com, December 22nd, 2021. So hopefully there'll be some big things from that. Uh, hopefully he'll employ a lot of um, African-Americans as well. 
And uh, like I said, you know, these these companies, especially dealing with uh, hip hop, uh, whether it's hip hop wear, hip hop gear, whether it's dealing with um, the music, things like this. We have to own this stuff. A lot of this stuff is owned by white people. Okay, we really don't make any sense because we're the talent. And I mean, all you have to do is look late at night at the at the uh, soul music collection and, and and all that. I mean, they have some good music. Okay, me and Mrs. Jones and and uh, you know all these songs. And it's like white kids, like Tom Warner owns all this stuff. A lot of this music. All right. Okay, um, the article I talked about uh, before we went to break is one dealing with this is this is an article I came across uh, a few years ago, and um, it was dealing with a interview with Bob Law, and Bob Law is on nine ten a.m. the Superstation on Sundays eight p.m to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. He's uh, my lead-in uh, show because I'm on 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Sundays. So this story right here, I just want to go back to this quickly because a lot of people don't know this information or this history. This is from uh, hiphopandpolitics.com. Bob Law History of Black Radio and the Removal of Black Militant Thought. This is on September 24th, 2014. Okay. Um, over the past few weeks, Hard Knock Radio has been doing a series of interviews focusing on the state of black media. Such a series would not be complete without getting some critical insight from long from longtime freedom fighter and media justice advocate bob law he he was the host of night talk for a number of years out of uh, i think it was out of new york night talk the night talk radio show uh he's one of the godfathers of black radio and has never wavered in using the airwaves as a tool for liberation in our conversation he gives a serious history lesson not just on the evolution of black radio and the role it has played in the free in the black freedom struggle, but he has also uh, talked to us about how there has been an attempt to remove silence and erase any institutional memory of black militant thought, any institutional memory of black militant thought and radical black militant and radical thought. Bob Law painstakingly details how that has been happening and breaks down the reasons. Bob Law points, uh, pinpoints much of this removal with the release of the 1972 Harvard report, officially known as Study of the Soul Music Environment. Study of the Soul Music Environment. This was a white paper commissioned by Columbia Records and done by a group of Harvard business students on how to take over. I want everybody to pay attention to this. 
on how to take over the black independent music scene. Clive Davis, who Diddy used to work for uh, under Arista Records, Clive Davis was the head of Columbia Records at the time. Bob Law details how that report coincided with other reports in film and TV to eradicate, marginalize, and ridicule strident, politicized black voice in the music and entertainment industry. During our discussion, we play an excerpt from a, a speech given to uh, black music industry executives by Minister Farrakhan in 1979, who makes note of this change. That speech is contrasted with the speech Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave to a similar body of black music industry folks in August 1967, where Dr. King heaped praise on them and emphasized that there would be no civil rights movement had it not been for black radio. There would have been no civil rights movement if it had not been for black radio. And even when you look at the Montgomery bus boycott, one of the ways they organized the Montgomery bus boycott and, and, and uh, uh, started Monday morning, December 5th, 1955, over that weekend was on radio, African-American on radio. And then uh, uh, Joanne Robinson, who was president of the, of the Women's Political Council, she printed up about, it was about 30,000, 35,000 uh, flyers and they passed out these flyers to let people know about the bus boycott. It started as a one-day boycott. It ended up lasting 381 days. Now, the organization uh, Dr. King spoke to at the time was called the National Association of Television and Radio Announcers in August 1967. During our interview, Bob Law details what took place after Dr. King gave that speech. He explained that uh, NATRA was destroyed by white industry executives who were concerned about their growing power and political influence, the growing power and political influence of the National Association of Television and Radio Announcers, which is an organization that Dr. King gave a speech to in August, 1967. That destruction of, Nat of NATRA that destruction and silencing has never stopped. The, the, this interview is a serious history lesson from a pioneering figure, Bob Law, who really knows his stuff. So they have the interview on SoundCloud. I, I pay SoundCloud each month. I need to start uploading my stuff to SoundCloud. Because I, when I upload it through Blog Talk, they automatically put it on a number of different platforms. SoundCloud is not one of them. I pay SoundCloud separately. But also, uh, when I upload audio podcasts, and I'll be uploading a lot of them this weekend, uh, they, they, they upload to our Facebook fan page where we have one million followers, okay, on our fan page, the African History Network. So, uh, and what I do also for uh, business owners that advertise with us, um, we, I also upload your commercial to our Facebook fan page as well to give you added exposure. All right. So check out that article um, dealing with Bob Law. Okay, if you like this type of information, uh, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN Show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN Show through Cash App. 
Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. So we're here six days a week. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, um, pay some of the bills, etc. So it definitely helps because December and January are like very, very slow months. Um, this is our official cash app account, dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. When you go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones here are fake African History Network cash app accounts. Okay, who said that? Della said, congratulations, Diddy. Uh, we just give away our power. Yeah, it's about ownership. We got to own this stuff, seriously. Create generational wealth. and not, not, not for the next generation just to take it and just go crazy with it and just engage in conspicuous consumption, but so we can fund, finance our movements, have control, powers the ability to define and shape reality, have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own. Okay, we, I mean, our talent is creating empire, empires for other people who then take that money and oppress us. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, um, and also you can register for the online courses I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And let me pull this up. This, uh, we have it here on the homepage of our website, com. Uh, next class is going to be uh, Sunday, December 26th, first day of Kwanzaa, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ancient Kemet, one of the original names for Egypt, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understand the transatlantic slave trade. Okay, so we have the website updated. So it's there. And let me uh, change that. Let's just say 12 p.m. Okay, I was moving quickly. So we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can watch from around the world. You can use this with your children also. We do with thousands of years of history, what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. It's a visual class. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. It's very well documented. You don't have to buy any of the books to follow along in class. Uh, we have a bundle pack where you can register for both classes for only $70. It's right on the homepage of our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. As soon as you register, you start watching the content and you you have access to the full class even after the 10 week online course is over with. OK, so a year from now, if you want to go back and watch the entire class, you'll be able to do that. So we'll post the link here. And uh, you can join us in our uh, next class. All right. Look, we have to get out of here. Uh, Harry's our Kwanzaa. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. We'll see you at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. If you want me to do a presentation for a group organization, because the first three, day, first three days of Kwanzaa, I don't have anything scheduled. If you want me to do a presentation in person or virtually for Kwanzaa, Dr. King Day, African American History Month, what have you, email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. All right. Um, so we're not on live Sunday. The radio station is shut down, of course, for for the holidays. We'll be back live Monday. I may do a broadcast during the weekend, uh, during the weekend live or something like that. I probably will to talk about um, our Sunday class. I probably will. OK, so we have to get out of here. Remember, right now, scripts, wrong behavior is not over till we win. Wakanda forever. Um, happy Kwanzaa. And I'll be posting the article that I post each year that I wrote a few years ago dealing with the African origins of Kwanzaa as well. Okay. And at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, um, 
we have some of my lectures that I've done the past few years on Kwanzaa also. Uh, let me see. We have that up here. Is that on the homepage? Um, and on the 21st, we dealt with the winter solstice. So the three-hour lecture I have dealing with the uh, uh, ancient Kemet, the winter solstice, and the history of Christmas, that's at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, so that's like $10. It's on DVD and digital download format. And then it is one of the 15 lectures in um, uh, the bundle pack, the Black History Month bundle pack that I have also. That's all at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that is traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because, again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's the Oscar the Ghost, L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV, the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit thekwanzashop.com, thekwanzashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, 
our story our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Come and travel with me to a time long ago and place far away. You will experience high adventure and excitement. You are fighting alongside an ancient army in fierce battle. Feel the exhilaration of struggle and final conquest. My name is Maninkare and I am both a prince and a priest in one of the most advanced civilizations humans have ever produced. I want you to ride with me in my chariot as I slay the barbarians who have come to invade my land. I invite you to sit at the conference table with the great Pharaoh Taharqa and his ministers as they plan intrigue and use subterfuge to outmaneuver and defeat the enemy. Come back with me to the land of your ancestors, to the beautiful land of Kemet. So open the pages of this book and begin the adventure. Find out what happens in the book Maninkare Battles the Assyrians in the Nile Valley from author Makari Jones. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. African Spirit Cards specialize in the design and printing of high-quality African-centered note cards and stationery. African Spirit Cards breathes and rejoices in the African and African American experiences. They honor our African heritage and all that they do for you by proudly displaying the great motifs and ornamentations of the African world diaspora. They use African images, African proverbs, and many African languages to fully immerse their clients in the wisdom and history of and the connection to Africa. They understand the importance of having images around us that reflect who we are. These images also illustrate where we came from and what we desire to be. They are here to serve you. Follow them on Instagram at African Spirit Cards, that's African with a K. They have a wide selection. Check out their holiday selection at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash African Spirit Cards. That's Etsy, E-T-S-Y. You can give them a call at 313-995-3579, 313-995-3579. You can email them at Designs at AfricanSpiritCards.com. That's J-A-N-A-L designs at AfricanSpiritCards.com and place your order today. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events, like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org.
Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion, theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today.